0: Hi. It's really loud. Um I'm really puffed out. Um and I'm a bit sweaty. I usually try and look real professional when I'm about to preach. I don't care this morning. And I, I might look a little messy. I apologize and and i'm a little bit short of breath at the moment so if my <laughs> preaching irritates you <laughs> as rodney was talking about before then god bless you ah. jesus is alive that's something i'm never going to get sick of saying and as uh, pastor rodney said today we're concluding our series on jesus We've gone through his life, we've gone through his death, we've gone through his burial and you know what he did during that sort of three-day gap between when he died and when he rose again and today we're talking about his resurrection. Um, Understanding the reason for the life, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ empowers the church to live as our Lord commands. Jesus is central to our faith if we've got no resurrected Christ, we've got no faith. Amen. Jesus has risen. He's alive today and he's coming back. All right. Man. So, I said that. Today we're going through his resurrection. Some of the things we uh just touched on last week, I'm going to touch on them again, you know, just to sort of go over old ground, but only concerning his resurrection because last week I spoke a little bit about his resurrection to help us understand his burial and that uh, and the things he did while he was uh, in the grave. Uh, Jesus took the keys to death in Hades. That means he has power over death now because he rose from death because he had authority to do so. The only person who had authority to do so, uh, Revelation one seventeen to 18 Actually, we'll just read 18, because that's all I've got written down. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So that means we get to go to heaven when we die, instead of in the grave, into Sheol, to uh, Abraham's bosom, or to what was called paradise, kind of the the, the, the waiting place. But I want to talk about keys for a second, because keys mean something uh, whenever we see keys in the Bible, or God gives someone the keys to something, it signifies access to something. It signifies an authority over something, or a, or a dominion over something. And so, uh, going to Peter's confession in Matthew 16, uh, verses 16 to 19... This was a a pointed prophecy for Peter and it was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room and all the disciples and all the people that were fellowshipping and praying there spilled out onto the streets and they were speaking in tongues and all the Jews from all over the world who spoke different languages heard their native tongue and the wonderful things that God had been doing in their own language and they were saying, what's going on? And lots of people marveled and some people ridiculed because that's always going to happen. You're always going to get some people ridiculing you no matter how well you're doing. But everyone was saying, wow, what is going on? And then Peter stood up and he preached the most amazing sermon in the book of Acts or probably even the New Testament. And it says 3,000 men gave their lives to the Lord that day. And there we see the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. and disciples, and and people coming to the church uh, every single day. The church growed daily. Do we want to see that? How wonderful is that? Um, And when I was praying about this, when I was thinking about it, uh, God said something to me concerning our church. He said, I'm giving the church in Griffith the keys to the city. I'm giving the church in Griffith the keys to the kingdom of heaven so that the city of Griffith may come to know Jesus. That's for us in this room this morning. God is giving us the keys. Is that something we want? Do we want the city of Griffith to come to Jesus? Do we want the city of Griffith to be discipled and to know God as their Savior and their Lord? That's for us this morning. In fact, I'd like to pray and declare that over each one of us this morning. If you call Jesus your Lord, then that is for you this morning. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, then you've got a testimony that you can share with someone else. You don't need a degree in Bible college. You don't need any special education whatsoever. You just need to know that Jesus loves you and that he died for you. That's all you need. Let's pray this morning. Let's close our eyes right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us, that you live inside us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And I thank you, Lord, that you are giving us the keys to the kingdom so that this city and the surrounding areas may come to know you personally as their Lord, that you would set the captives free, that people stuck in bondage would be free, that people would come to know your name and be healed of everything that's going on in their lives. Lord Jesus, we take this on board. We declare it over our lives. We receive it in the the name of Jesus, the power to the keys to the kingdom, Lord God, that our city, that, that our friends, that our family may be saved and discipled. And everyone said, thank you, Lord. Okay. So that was one thing we went over last week, the keys. The second one, the saints rose. Uh, let's go to uh, Matthew 27, 52 to 53. I think it's up there. Yes, it is. The tombs were also opened. This is talking about the moment Jesus died. The tombs were also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. This was, you know, the tombs were opened when Jesus died, but the saints rose when Jesus rose. You know, let us not be confused. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Something significant that I didn't touch on last week uh, was the feasts and how Jesus represents the feasts. Now, the Passover uh, was was all about Jesus. It, it was all about uh, a lamb in the Old Testament. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it but on on the last day of the feast there was a a, a lamb slain and it didn't have any bones broken or anything like that and Jesus died on the last day when the lamb was supposed to die and he didn't have any bones broken the lamb represented Jesus and we remember this you know when we take communion uh, we we take the bread and the juice to remember the lamb that was slain who is Jesus Christ and then the day after that the Saturday is is Shabbat I don't know if it's got two b's or one I keep reading it differently everywhere I don't care anyway but it seems to be bothering me, and and uh, so so that was the day of rest, and uh, but it was also the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, where they would eat uh, bread without yeast for seven days. Now, sin in the Bi- sorry, yeast in the Bible represented sin. So, eating unleavened bread for seven days was supposed to be our lives without sin. The day after Christ died to set us free from sin. And on the day after the day of rest, which was after the day of Passover, uh, we have first fruits. And it was just one day and it was all about uh, people uh, getting the, the first fruits of their crops and waving it before the Lord at the altar. Now that was about, you know, God's heart and that was, I've given you this fertile land and I want you to honor me and remember me that I gave it to you by giving me your first fruits. That's what it was all about. Uh, and when the saints rose, they went into Jerusalem, which was when all the people were coming out with their grain offerings and you know, all, all their first fruits of, of the harvest, and they were going to the place where they would wave their offerings before the Lord and they've got these saints coming to them that have been dead for a long time. They probably, maybe some of them were their grandfathers or great grandfathers or something like that. Maybe some of them recognized them. And these people were coming up to them saying, Hey, you're carrying your first fruits to the altar to honor the Lord. Let me tell you what the real first fruits are it's Jesus Christ. That was the significance of that day. Jesus is the first fruits from among the dead. Okay. Yes, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty to 23. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. So the day of firstfruits is all about Jesus and all the people that rose again, talked about Jesus, who was the meaning behind the feast. I couldn't actually find what the risen saints were doing for the next 40 days. I can't find it really anywhere in the Bible. Um, You know, so uh, Jesus rises again. He appears to the disciples for 40 days and to some other people, and Paul says that he also appeared to 500 brothers all at the same time. So Jesus's Life after death was confirmed by many, many people. The Apostle Paul talks about that. But I can't find anywhere that says, you know, that the saints stuck around or went into the countrysides or anything like that. There are, you know, various sources outside the Bible that talk about that. And I went through a bunch of them and, I mean, you can read them if you want, but I don't know if they're true. Some of them sound a bit funny but I probably wouldn't get too hung up on that stuff. But I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. So they either stayed on the earth or they waited uh, in the heavens for Christ to usher them in. And that's more so what I think happened. Um, Either way, uh, let's go on to Ephesians 4, 7 to 8, which the Apostle Paul referenced from the Old Testament but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So when Jesus ascended into heaven uh, and entered the throne room of God, he took all the risen saints with him. And I think that's the important part that we need to understand anyway. But that really brings me to my next point, gifts. God gave every single one of us gifts. And when the Apostle Paul is talking about it in the book of Ephesians, he mentions the ascension gifts after that. But I want to clear up some confusion. The ascension gifts, you know, the evangelist, pastor, prophet, teacher, apostle, its not; they're not the be-all and end-all of the church. We shouldn't all aspire to be that. It, Actually, it's just the same as all the other gifts. All the gifts are just as important as each other. The ascension gifts, I've written this down, are not the bee's knees. They are here to teach you, the congregation, to walk in your gifts that God gave you by his grace. So every single of the fivefold ministry gifts is, Everybody in here can walk in to some degree. Everybody is meant to have a piece of each ministry gift. The function of the evangelist, the function of the pastor or the teacher or the apostle or the prophet is not to do all of the work that their office holds. They will naturally function in that gift, but it's not their role in a church body context. It's their job to equip the saints to go and do that work. That's every single person here. Thank you for that affirmation. Uh, So quickly, we're just going to go talking about some of the gifts. Ephesians uh, 1 verse 3, the Apostle Paul says, uh, we have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Uh, Galatians 5.22, we go through the fruits of the Spirit. What are they? There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, they're all sort of uh, virtues or characteristics or, you know, really good attributes, which anyone can walk in, anyone can practice, whether you've got the Holy Spirit or not. But you can't have them in their fullness without the Holy Spirit. You can't have them with the depth of Christ without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us about those things and leads us deeper into their meaning by drawing us closer to the person of Christ. Without the Holy Spirit to lead us closer to the person of Christ, that we can be conformed in his image, then we'll be able to practice these things, but not to any fantastic degree, because anyone in the world can really do it. Mark sixteen seventeen to 18. I want to read this one out. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Signs will accompany those who believe. If we believe in Christ, but we're trying to persuade people into the kingdom and we're not seeing any signs, then maybe we ought to reevaluate some things. Amen? Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of what? Power. Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 10. I'm not going to read that, but that talks about the spiritual gifts, the signs that will accompany those who believe. You know, we've got prophecy, we've got words of knowledge, we've got healing, we've got miracles, we've got gifts of faith and gifts of wisdom. And I think there was a couple of others, but I can't remember what they are right now. Distinguishing of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Was that all of them? Okay, that's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. But all of this is impossible without the Holy Spirit. Jesus' main emphasis right before his ascension was on the Holy Spirit. Let's all go there, Acts chapter 1. And we'll read that whole passage 1 to 11 right now. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, an important piece to note is that Jesus submitted himself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. He didn't just say that he knew everything because he was God in human form. He allowed himself to be led by the Holy Spirit. So what on earth makes us think that we can't be? We're not even Jesus. We're not God in human form. We're just normal, fallible people who have been made clean by the blood of the Lamb. But we still need the, Holy, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So now his command is to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Don't do any ministry until the Holy Spirit comes. Keep praying, but don't minister to people unless you've got the baptism of the Spirit. That's pretty pointed. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. All right, I've gone through these points pretty quickly, eh? Where is Jesus now? He's in the throne room of God. He's at the Father's right hand. He didn't go into heaven and spill his blood on a mercy seat. As I mentioned last week, he spilled his blood once and for all when he he hung there on the cross and he died. That was when our sins were taken away, and that was victory over sin. That was us being cleansed. But then he goes into heaven, and we can read a couple of things about that. Uh, There's a few verses I want to go to. Uh, This one is about our authority. Philippians chapter 2. I mean, you can read half the chapter, but I'll just pick a couple of verses. Verses 9 to 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day everybody's going to know who Jesus is, whether they know him right now or not. One day every single person will know and confess that he is Lord and bow before him. So let's make Him known right now that people can call Him Lord now and not when it's too late. Yeah? That's the same Jesus that lives in us, the highest name in all of the universe. When I was little, I used to be really afraid of evil spirits. I'd given my life to Jesus, but I was really afraid of evil spirits because I didn't understand who I was in Christ. And something hit me one day when Uh, My dad was talking to me uh, when he had a a visitation from an evil spirit. And he he was actually asleep in his bed. And this is when I really started to go on a journey about what does it actually mean to live in Christ? And I probably wouldn't handle it this way now. I'd probably do things a little differently to my dad. But his, uh, his understanding really hit me. He was lying in bed and he woke up and there was an evil spirit standing over him. And it reached to the ceiling. And it was looking at him. And this was his reaction. Oh, it's only you. And he told me about that and I thought, wow, that's really cool. My dad really knows who he is in Christ. I mean, I probably would have told the thing to go. He didn't. (laughs) He just let it stay in the room. I I don't know. Maybe it got annoyed and left. That's what he said it did, but he was asleep. How would he know? But, Jesus is the highest name in the universe, and he lives inside us. Is that not something to celebrate? Jesus, the resurrected Christ, who is alive, who was dead and is alive forevermore. What makes we think we can't do anything if these signs will accompany those who believe? Let's go to Romans 8.34 and Hebrews 1.3. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us right now. Jesus is interceding for us to the Father. Hebrews three. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. Jesus is all power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And you know, all the saints followed Jesus into heaven. They're all worshipping God right now. And Jesus is interceding for us. But you know, if Jesus lives in me, and the Father, whenever he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, then our identity is with Jesus right now in the throne room of God. So if you think you're a terrible mistake or if you, you, you battle with some sort of habitual sin, then let me tell you, you are holy in Christ and your identity is right there in God's presence in the throne room of God. Come on, that really encourages me. Jesus, all-powerful right now, is cheering us on. All of heaven is cheering us on. All of heaven is cheering us on. And Jesus, who fills the universe by the word of his power, is living inside us, walking beside us, and cheering us on, saying, go and do it. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You are the light in this city. Every single one of you. Stop looking at your mistakes and saying, I'm not good enough to preach the gospel to this person. I'm some sort of hypocritical Christian. All of you are the light of heaven. You've got Jesus inside you. You are equipped with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Does your heart burn for the person that doesn't know him? If Jesus is not resurrected, then our faith is futile. But Jesus is risen again. He fulfilled the scriptures and he is returning again. Everyone ought to know this. My sins are gone. Your sins are gone. And we have life in his name. We're going to sing a song right now. And I'm going to pray. So may we all stand. We're going to sing this song called Reckless Love. And then afterwards, anybody that wants prayer, I'm I'm going to call up. Don't be afraid. Just come for prayer. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you've believed in God your whole life. You might have even been to church. But if you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then you need to know Him. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then I want you to come up the front. If you believe in Jesus, but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't know if you're led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to see signs and wonders. You want to see miracles. You want to lay your hands on the sick and see them healed. Then I want you to come up the front. If you need prayer because you need healing in your body, or there's something going on in your life, I don't care what it is, I want you to come up the front. There's no point being afraid because those who fear have not been yet perfected in love. So let's be bold, amen? Is this not the house of God? Is this not a church where we can be free to come before the altar of God and receive His blessing? Let's not be stuck in our fears. Fear does not belong in the kingdom of God. Come on, let's be victorious. Let's learn to walk in victory. If you don't know Jesus, then you've got to know him and you've got to come up the front. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to come up the front. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come up the front. Come on. But first, we're going to sing this song. I want you to pour out your heart to God. If you've never raised your hands, I want you to because I want you to step out in faith. Come on, Jesus is alive and he's worth worshipping. Because he saved me and he saved you. Do you know him this morning? Let's worship God right now. Let's give him everything that he deserves. Let's give him some adoration. Let's give him some honour. If you've never asked anything of God, there's someone in here right now who feels that they're not allowed to ask anything of God because they don't deserve it. They don't want to ask for his blessings. They don't want to ask for his provision. They don't want to ask for his love because they think they don't deserve it. If that's you right now, then I want you to ask the whole time you're in worship. I want you to ask for every single thing you can think of because God loves you and God is the source of all good things. And like any good father, he wants to give everything good to his children. Let's worship right now.
1: i kick down lie you won't tear down you're coming after me no shadow there's no shadow you won't lie.
0: Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't give in to your nervousness. Don't give in to your fear. If you need to know Jesus, then you need to know Jesus. There's no other way. I want you to come down the front. There's a team of people here. We're going to pray with you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to come down the front and we will pray with you. If you need prayer for anything in your life, Come on, now's the time. Now's the time. Don't wait for anybody else. Come down the front. It's time to meet with God. As people are doing that, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray for everybody right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we receive your blessings. We receive your love and your life. We love you, Lord. We thank you for handing us the keys to this city. Lord, we receive your words. Thank you for your empowerment. Help us to be bold. Help us to be bold. To preach the gospel. To pray for people that don't know you. To love people the way that you love them. Especially the people that rub us the wrong way, God. Help us to see through what they're battling. And to see them how you see them. Give us eyes that we may see. Jesus, may we look to you in all things. May we trust in you, the resurrected King. We thank you for saving us and for dying for us. We thank you for rising again. We rest securely in you, Lord. We love you. Stir our hearts right now. Stir our hearts right now and give us boldness. Not just today, but every single day that we have the breath of life. Give us boldness, Lord God. Just as the church in Acts prayed. Give us boldness to preach your word no matter what happens. No matter what we might face. Let us not be fearful of speaking the name of Jesus Because you are the life that this world needs. Let's all give Jesus a cheer right now. If Jesus is your Lord, give him a cheer right now. Come on, lift your voices to the Lord. Lift your voices, clap your hands, give God some glory right now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We honour you, Lord. Thank you for equipping us and empowering us. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Guys, we're going to close the service off right now. But if anyone needs prayer, if anyone needs anything, come on, we're right here. God wants to bless you. He's got some things for you. Don't hold yourself back.